Hello, welcome to our broadcast today here at Faith Builder. My name is Scott Phillips, and it is our desire that you would be blessed by what we share today. Over the next few months, uh, we'll share things I have seen and been pondering about the Word of God, as well as uh, guests, friends, and people that uh, come across my path and I enjoy talking to about the Word of God. So sit back, enjoy it, and if this podcast blesses you, I encourage you to uh, subscribe, to give us a good rating, and to share it with your friends. God bless you. We pray that your faith is built today on Faith Builder. So uh, today marks the 13th lesson of this series. It's all about love. From the moment of formation where God formed man from the dust of the earth and that inspiring breath that God gave that caused our soul to live. God's hand and His Spirit has been seeking to be in fellowship with us. Through our, through our Father, sin came, rebellion came, and we realized and we feel the reality of the shame of that original sin we find in ourselves, even as newborn believers, born-again believers, though we have experience and an awakening in our spirit man, our flesh is still yet to be redeemed. When God saves us in the born-again experience, He saves our soul, but our body is still cursed. We still get sick, and if the Lord tarries, we will all die. Right? But in us, within us, there is a spiritual, uh, there's access to a spiritual renewing that can happen and should happen, is available for it to happen in us every day, day by day. And so God has been walking and talking to mankind after the fall since Cain and Abel. We find that the Lord spoke to Cain uh, three different times, even though uh, uh, before he sinned, uh, after he sinned, uh, the Lord was dealing and speaking to Cain. And since that day, we all deal with the reality that there is a Cain and an Abel in all of us, right? Right? We have within us this, this dichotomy that, that we have. Uh, the scripture says the spirit is willing, but the, the flesh is weak. But the Lord is ever reaching. The Bible says that his hand is ever outstretched. And uh, we all can identify with God's mercy uh, and God's love. John chapter 3 and verse 15. Would somebody like to read that for me? Uh, John 3, verse 15. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 16, somebody else. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten Son, that that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17. Somebody else. For God sent 
Verse 18. Verse 19, and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Verse 20, somebody want to read that? But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. And Jesus, uh, in his teaching here, John chapter 3, he lays out that there is still this uh, darkness and light, wicked and, and uh, righteous, those who will love God and those who will hate God. So what's the love test? How do we test our love? Do you love God? And most people, if you went out in the street and you asked them, do you love God? Do you believe in God? Most people would say, yes, I believe in God. Yes, I love God. But the test is, do you love God? Do you seek his light and demonstrate your love by embracing his word? In John chapter 14, Jesus is teaching and Jesus says, if, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you an, another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Jesus gives the key to the parable of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the Holy Spirit. The world can't, could not see Jesus. They did not perceive Jesus. They did not want Jesus. They rejected Jesus. But his disciples knew Jesus, lived with Jesus, walked with Jesus. And Jesus said, then I shall be in you. Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me because I live. Ye shall live also. And at that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Verse 21, he that hath my commandments. Y'all see what the next few words says? And keepeth them. He it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. So bookended in this text we read, Jesus says, uh, you can ask anything in my name, I'll do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And he says, if you, if you know his commandments and keep them, that is the proof, that's the love test. If you really love Jesus, a lot of people talk a good game, but they live a poor life. If you know to do good and don't do it, it is sin. Jude chapter 1 and verse 20 
Somebody want to read a few of those verses for me? Brother Noah? But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Somebody want to read the next two? Somebody want to read the next two? Keep yourself in the love of God. Hmm. So if the scripture is telling us to keep ourselves in the love of God, the implication is it's possible to not be, to lose, to, to uh, disconnect ourselves from the love of God. You can be in the love of God and drift away from the love of God, Right? There's nothing we can do that causes God not to love us because he's God. He loves us. He he so loved the world. And today, those of you in the house of God on this Sunday morning, Jesus loves you. But Jesus also loves those that have no desire or compunction to come to church or live for God. Jesus shed his blood for all, right? But there will be a moment. And in fact, there is a reality that when we are loving God back, we put ourselves in a dimension of God's blessing where we are able to receive his intended purpose, right? The promises of God to us are yea and amen. Uh, And the promises of God are to all yea and amen. However, the only way that a person can truly experience the fullness of God's love is they have to love God back. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus said, "If, if this is how you know you love me, if you're walking in honor of my word. And I believe that what one of the ways that we keep ourselves in the love of God, it's a work of the spirit. Anybody confess that you have backslidden from the Lord? Maybe a day, a week, a month, a year, and you have you have allowed your connection with the Holy Ghost to grow cold. More than once, <laughs> twice, right? We all have experienced the, 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 that, that, that process of being disconnected from the Spirit of God. I, I really liken it to uh, that every day, let's say you go to bed at night and right, the last thing you do before you close your eyes, you are praying in the Spirit. You wake up the next morning and you don't feel what you felt when you went to sleep. It's almost like 
that in the night the switch got flipped off. And I think, in my opinion, most of the time that is true for us. We have to intentionally choose to flip the switch on, to pray, Lord, I love you today. I want to please you today. Lead me today. Use me today. I want to be connected with you. I want to talk to you today. And that day can be a sanctified day. If that's what you choose to do at the beginning and throughout the day, you choose, Lord God, I want to honor you. And that, that is a work of the Spirit. Romans 5 and verse 5. And hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. I truly believe the work of the Spirit, the way that the love of God is inside of us, is when we pray in the Spirit. Amen. And we can Pray in the Spirit every day. Now, sometimes it may take you a little while to get there, but we have access. We have access by faith. We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We have access. But it's like having a key to the church. Just because you got the key to the church don't mean you're in the church. You have to use the key, open the door, walk in and Enjoy the presence of the Lord. We all have access, but we must, we must put ourselves in that place to keep ourselves in the love of God. It requires some intention, intentionality on our part to be there. Romans chapter 10, beginning with verse 25. Uh, Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, Jesus, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? The lawyer responds, uh, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy might, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Jesus said, Thou hast answered right this do, and thou shalt live. So the man asked, he's a, a lawyer, he's an educated man, he's a man of purpose, a man of placement, a man of recognition. And he stands up and says, what do I need to do to be saved? And Jesus says, what does the law say? And the, the lawyer says, well, the law says I should love the Lord God with all that I am and I should love my neighbor as myself. And Jesus said, right on, right on. Well, the, the response from the lawyer, he willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, who is my neighbor? <laughs> what do you mean? I need to, because he knew the answer. He gave the answer, but he didn't even like his own answer. The Bible says he was trying to justify himself. He just said, I got to love God with all I am and love my neighbor as myself. Jesus says, that's right. The man said, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus gives one of the most memorable parables in the story. And Jesus answered, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment 
and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, everybody say a priest. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. So there's a priest. There's a priest and there is a Levite. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these... Thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he, the lawyer, said, He that showeth mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do likewise. When I was thinking about this, keep yourself in the love of God, I feel like the Lord prompted this parable to my mind. And when I when I thought of it, I connected it, but I didn't I didn't really realize how connected to this series it is you know how many of you want to be saved if you want to be saved you love the lord with all your heart and you love others you love your neighbor as you love yourself that's that's the law and the prophets but notice in the parable of jesus jesus chose two of the most respected religious groups in the Jewish nation, the priest and the Levite. Their job was to represent God to the people and the people to God. They were ministers. But if you'll notice, the priest, when he saw the man, and the Bible, by implication, tells us this is a Jewish man. A Jewish man fell among thieves. They about killed him and they left him for dead. A priest passes by him and he goes to the other side of the road because he had something he had to do. Probably good. He probably was about the Lord's business. But he passed by on the other side. A Levite who was also... was. Uh, part of that, that, that priesthood, the ministry to the Jewish people, he also passed by. But a Samaritan was one the Jewish, had, Jewish people had no respect for. However, Jesus allowed him to be the hero. He's the guy that did right. While the, the culture's religious leaders didn't do what they should have done. And Jesus said, who was a neighbor to this man? I believe sometimes, and I know that I have been guilty of this, that sometimes our heart becomes hardened to people in need. 
How many people have you tried to help? And as soon as they get to feeling better, they forget God and they forget you and they go do what they were doing when the thieves fell on them and did what they do, right? And you help one person, you help 10 people, you help 30 people, you help 50 people. You do this year after year, decade after decade. And I know sometimes my heart, my love, my compassion for people can grow hard, right? You know, I, who knows? I don't know. But could it be the priest that passed by on the other side? I already helped him out of the ditch 10 times. Living in the world I live in, I think that's highly plausible that this ain't the first time the priest saw him in the ditch. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying? How many times do you help someone when they're in the ditch? And I believe that, that Jesus in the parable is challenging this Jewish man, but he's challenging us. That we must not allow our love for others to grow to the point that we cannot help people like we should. We can cease to pray for people like we should. We can cease to believe in God's power to redeem them like we should. And if you have spent any time in the church... And you, we have seen a, we've seen a, uh, I want to say a carousel. <laughs> it's like a circus sometimes. We've seen a, a revolving door of people come through the church. And they come in addicted. They come in all kinds of troubles and difficulties. Don't have food, don't have gas, don't have a place to live. And, and we help them. I have helped some people. And I look back and think, Lord, I can't believe that I helped someone that much. But the Lord touched our heart. and We help people. And then we do that. And then it's like it's all a waste. Waste of time, waste of prayer, waste of money, waste of effort. And our heart, our human reasoning says, oh, I ain't going to do that again. And I think that that's what this parable is saying to us is it's possible that we can become jaded and hardened to the, the carnality and the craziness and the wickedness of flesh that we can reach a point where we just say, shame on them. And our heart can be hardened. And I believe it's important for us to try to guard our heart from the hardness that comes because of disappointment, because of, of uh, a sense of betrayal, a sense of, we get weary. You know, we get, our faith gets wounded. Our, our, our love gets wounded. And sometimes we're like, Lord, Jesus, I did everything I could. God, where do I go get my money back so I can give it to somebody else? Somebody, somebody that might appreciate it, right? But I think it's very important that we recognize that we have within us the capacity to lose our sense of mercy, our lose our sense of care, 
to lose our sense of concern and we become like the priest and the Levite that allow someone that's not even in the kingdom to do what really is our job. That Samaritan shouldn't have had anything to do. But the Lord had to use a Samaritan because the priest and the Levite passed by on the other side. I think it's... A, I think it'd be worth praying, Lord Jesus, together, touch our hearts to have mercy again, to believe again, to have compassion again. Lord Jesus, God, to make ourselves available to one more time go down in the ditch and help them. Lord, not as simply believing in that individual, but Lord, as believing in your grace. Lord, that maybe this time they'll finally understand your love for them and their need to show their love back to you. In Jesus' name, God, we want to see souls saved. Lord, we want to show our love, your love, to the world around us. Amen. My final point today, out of Revelation chapter 2, the first church in which Jesus addresses in this seven letters to the church, uh, Jesus uh, says unto the angel, the messenger, or some say the pastor of the church of Ephesus, right? These things saith he that holdeth seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Everybody said, Jesus says this. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst bear them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars and hast borne and hast patience and for my namesakes has labored and not fainted. Amen. Let's just end there. <laughs> I mean, these are good people. These these Ephesians are good people. But I want you to notice something, and I think you find this throughout the letters of Jesus to the churches, and I think it's important to recognize this is the nature of Jesus. Jesus will recognize the good we do, but he does not ignore where we need to tighten up. And look what he says. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left Thy first love. So how are they doing all this and they're not, they're not in their first love? Because I think sometimes it's possible to do the right thing and forget why we're doing it. It's possible to go through the motions of doing the right things, saying the right things, being at the right place, but lose the benefit because we're not doing it from a place of love. Commitment, discipline, faithfulness are all necessary attributes. But it's not just what you do, it's, it's how you do it. Have you ever had somebody wait at your table that they did a good job serving you, but they didn't have a very good attitude? Have you ever had someone wait on you and they weren't a great waitress or waiter, but they were so nice? Right? Now granted, there is a line there 
But the bottom line is, in our serving the Lord, we must pray that the Lord would help us to walk in that, that spirit of charity, of concern, of sincerity, that we're not just doing the right things, but we're doing it the right way, in the right spirit, in that place of our first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So when I read this, the Lord is telling them, if you don't repent, if you don't repent, I'm going to take you out. But Lord, we have labored. We've had patience. We've not fainted. We can't bear those that are evil. Uh, we, 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 we've tried those that said they were of truth and they were liars. <laughs> and you're telling me, if I don't return to my first love, you're going to take me out. That's what Jesus said. It's serious. It's all about love. And at the end of the day, in our pursuit of what's doing, of our, our pursuit of doing what's right, we must be sure that the spirit and the attitude and the approach that we have to others is from a spirit of love. Amen. How many of you love Jesus? I love Jesus. Amen. The Bible tells us we can know, we can judge, we can gauge our love for God by how we treat others. That's the barometer. Because it's easy to say I love God. I don't see God. God don't get on my nerves, well, sometimes. But, <laughs> but, but we can really judge our love for God by our love that we have toward others. Everybody say, God, God help me. Help me. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I love you today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your long-suffering ways toward us. Lord God, it's not my brother, it's not my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer, Lord. God, I, I know that I have sinned and I have come short of the glory of God. Lord Jesus, I have missed the mark more than my fair share. But Lord Jesus, I thank you for your patience towards us. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you, O oh God, would Help us, Lord, to return to our first love, that we may do the first works. Yes, and everybody said in Jesus' name, Jesus. amen. So I didn't go over today. <laughs> Y'all got time for a donut, maybe some coffee. What'd you say? Almost under. Almost under, that's right. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's not my brother. Yes. Yeah, I'll be right back. It's not my sister. Good morning. I got to go turn this streaming off.
Got my phone fixed yesterday, and now it don't work. (laughs) Hello, welcome to our broadcast today here at Faith Builder. My name is Scott Phillips, and it is our desire that you would be blessed by what we share today. Over the next few months, I will share things I have seen and been pondering about the Word of God, as well as uh, guests, friends, and people that uh, come across my path and I enjoy talking to about the Word of God. So sit back, enjoy it. And if this podcast blesses you, I encourage you to uh, subscribe, to give us a good rating, and to share it with your friends. God bless you. We pray that your faith is built today on Faith Builder.